Fraser podcast. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Um, because I always forget to say this, I'm going to say it up at the top of the show. Um, if you are listening to this on podcast, then you can also check out the Confidence Recovery YouTube channel and you'll be able to see a video under the vodcast playlist with my guest and I today. If you're here on YouTube and you're watching the vodcast, then you can also check out Confidence Through Cabaret anywhere you get your podcasts. You can search for it and you'll have the audio version. So everybody's hooked up, except I I um, just wanted to you know, talk a little bit about Confidence Through Cabaret if you're new here, um, so that you're fully in the scene of, of, of what we're what we're here about. So we always say this all things confidence. And we we talk about your personal life, your work life, or your stage life. And some of the episodes relate to some parts of your life more than others. Um, some of you want to raise confidence in your work life. Maybe you're perfectly confident in your personal life or vice versa. And when we talk about stage life, that is wherever you show up, whether that's on social media, whether that's in Zoom meetings in your business, whether that is, you know, on a literal actual stage as an artist. So wherever you're coming from in terms of your confidence, we always say start from where you're strong. Where do you have confidence? And then where do you want to grow it? And look for the transferable skills and tools and techniques that you can shift across that you already have. That makes life so much easier because we're always looking to reinvent stuff instead of really just shifting what we already have to other parts of our lives. And that brings me to our guest today. I am so excited and so, uh, I'm going to even put that out there. I'm a little envious of my <laughs> guest today. Um, my guest is Julie B. Rosen. Before we say a more formal hello, she's waiting very patiently. I want to tell you a little bit about Julie and why maybe I, you'll be able to see perhaps why I might be a bit envious of the lifestyle. So Julie is a female travel blogger. So who doesn't want to be, you know, writing about places that you're traveling? Um, so Julie's a full-time nomad and a minimalist. And that's, there's a lot for me to learn there about that. In 2022, then she, she decided to go on sabbatical and she's taking a mini retirement from corporate life and traveling solo through Mexico by SUV with her dog, which is so much fun. What a great companion. So in 2020, Julie sold her home and most of her possessions in order to live the nomad life. And there's the envious point, at least in my books. Uh, Julie loves adventure, her dog Penny, karaoke, which we need to talk about. Uh, wine and the freedom that comes with being a single woman in her 30s who's child-free by choice and refuses to settle. I mean, how much confidence is that, right? Julie's at 50 states, 22 countries and counting. And welcome, Julie B. Rose, to our show. <laughs> Thank you, Heather Jean. What a warm welcome. And I can't wait to talk with you and to connect with your audience. I'm so excited. I'm I'm just, you know, a lot of people will be listening to this and going, wow, I would love to do that. Would I love to do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll be able to share a little bit about whether you would love to do that or not. And some, maybe some of the realities behind it. But from what I can tell, you're living the dream. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel lucky every day. I feel super fortunate. But 
I think it's within everybody's grasp. It's, you know, to me, it's about priorities. It's about making choices that actually serve what you want, not what society is telling you, not what advertising is telling you, not what you've been trained and programmed to believe. And I think once you kind of take ownership and understand this is what drives me, this is what matters to me, you can go out, you can go out and make those steps, make those preparations and make your life, your dream life happen. I love that. I really love that. And I think there was, at least for me, a lot of programming. Um, I was raised by parents from, uh, you know, the, the kind of the forgotten generation is what it's called. So before the boomers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I was raised after the boomers. So I think um, there was a lot of programming that kind of gets passed down, right? From, you know, I mean, my grandparents were born in the late 1800s and, and you know, lived through world wars and all, you know what I mean? So, so there's mm-hmm. huge amounts of programming that I can very clearly see. And although I'm Canadian and I live in the UK, my grandparents were British and I have a lot of the ideals from British, even though I didn't spend that much time around my grandparents. Mm. It's that programming. So my question is, how did you recognize that programming so that you could then start to reject some of the things that seemed to be given and and start to make your own choices? You know, that's that's a good question because it didn't happen overnight and it wasn't really like a light bulb moment or anything like that. I think through different experiences that I had, through different exchanges that I had with people, by kind of talking things out and um, you know, with enough time passing too, I started to really discover what I wanted, what mattered to me. And um, that was a long time coming. It took a long time to become the person that I'm meant to be because you have to constantly fight, um, you know, the bigger, better, more, um, you know, those challenges with commercialism and materialism. And then at the same time, the standard, standard traditional path go to school, get a good job, get married, buy a house, have a kid, do all of these things that you're supposed to do in this order. And if that doesn't happen for you in the timeline that they tell you it's supposed to, you feel like a failure. And I had those feelings. I had those concerns. And I and I think, you know, it was, I guess, self-esteem building, confidence building for me to sort of sort through those feelings and actually dig down to the deepest level and say, what is it that I want? And and what is fulfilling to me? And now, I, I mean, that's that's kind of brought me to where I am today. So I did follow those paths. I didn't know I was following those paths. I just assumed that I wanted to you know, move out, get married, have children. I just assumed that I wanted that. And I don't regret it. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, having my children and, and having raised them and now they're grown up, that was the hardest thing I ever can imagine. Yeah. And I learned more than they did. I learned more from raising them than they did from me. Hmm. But there are other ways to finding those lessons and those truths. And and, and it's not promoted and it's certainly not advocated for. Um, so I, uh, my, my late husband died almost exactly three years ago. And yeah, I, I had to count on my fingers. I'm sorry. Uh, no, thank you. Um, 
when he passed, I didn't know how to mow the lawn. And mm. I can remember feeling like such a failure because my brother was taught to mow the lawn. I was taught that my husband mm. would mow the lawn. And so I learned to weed the garden. Do you know, and they, I, yeah. I have no disrespect to my parents. They did absolutely everything that they thought was right and, and their best. So, but, you know, it was a lot of that kind of programming right down to simple things where, well, you won't need to worry about that, but your brother will, you know, and, and it infuriates me now. <laughs> Because, of course, it's not true anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so are you still seeking in your nomad? Is, is that, is that what this is? Or is this, you, you know, obviously it's part of your journey, but is this what you found when you were seeking and now you're doing it? Or is this you seeking? Well, I actually, I don't think I'm looking for anything. Um, I'm not even looking for love, you know, because I'm still single. I'm 36. Um, I, but I have a full life. And I think look the the concept of I'm looking, I'm I'm wishing, I'm searching, that kind of implies that something in my life is lacking, that I'm I'm not whole and complete, which is not the case. If I'll use an analogy, if my life is like a an ice cream sundae you know, chocolate, nuts, super tasty. If I met a guy and he added to my life, he became the cherry on top of my Sunday. Well, great. That, that would be like a little added special um, touch to my already rich and fulfilling life. So I would say I'm not really looking, but I'm open and optimistic for it to happen. But as far as, you know, the course that is um, supposedly charted for people, get married, have kids, all of that. Like, I don't, I don't know that marriage is in my future. And that doesn't, that doesn't, I don't ache for that. I don't pine for that. I think you can be, you know, in a long partnership with somebody. I want to find love. I don't want to find a husband, which I think is, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the way to, the way that I look at it, at least the distinction. I love that. I love that. And it's interesting because a lot of times when we talk about things like, you know, what we're searching for or, you know, that we're on this journey to, to discover, we think about it in terms of that we would want something of this world. You know, we would want a husband or a home or, a, or children or, you know, a career or whatever, whatever the thing is. And, you know, a lot of times we're not, that's not what the searching is. It's, it's about really getting back to ourselves. Yeah. And, and searching what that meaning is for us. I mean, that's certainly where I'm at. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've had a business for 26 years serving corporates in, in training and coaching, and I am not searching for worldly things in terms of what the corporate world and patriarchy tells me I'm searching for. Mm -hmm. But I am certainly searching in terms of going into my inner self, in terms of exploring my shadow side, in terms of, of, of healing some of them and shifting some of the beliefs in terms of acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting when people talk about searching as if we're, we're incomplete, as you say. Yeah. We're supposed to, I'm complete. I'm absolutely complete. I've mm -hmm. had two husbands. I've had four children. I've done the things. And I'm complete, I, and I'm, and I, and I regret nothing. Mm -hmm. um, well, 
I would have rather seen <laughs> it happen, but, <laughs> but that's a different story. But I think, I think it's, it's really um, in, in terms of searching, you know, a lot of us say, for example, with confidence, when we think about confidence, we think, well, what are people seeing? If people think I'm confident, then I'm confident. I thought I was confident because I ran conferences all over the world for hundreds of people for days on end. And I thought, well, I must be confident because everybody thinks I'm confident. And I wasn't. And mm -hmm. that's, that's where my searching comes from. And it's mm -hmm. such an individual thing, which is why I, which is why I wanted to kind of cover that off in terms of, um, you know, is this, is this really time for you to explore you and your, your purpose and your essence and your energy and your passion mm -hmm. or, or is this your passion and you're just really, truly living the dream? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've never really thought about it that way. I think, I think a lot of my time is spent sort of with self-discovery and introspection and trying to better understand what I'm experiencing and uh, like what matters to me and, you know, maybe my uh, standards, you know, um, describing and setting my standards as I meet lots of men on my travels and things like that. So I think there's a, a, a good healthy amount of kind of um, learning from myself and also challenging myself. Mm. I, th I think confidence for me was really something I didn't start with it. I didn't have like a, you know, an endless supply. I had to sort of build it up. I had to, um, you know, start to collect through different experiences that I had. And I started with like one little thing at a time and each, each opportunity that I had to achieve that or accomplish that or surpass that or, um, or even if I failed at it, I still, I still was like, well, that didn't kill me. You know, I, I just let that go and go on to the next thing. All of that sort of put, um, you know, confidence coins into my bucket so that the, for the next challenge and the next scary thing, I would be that much more equipped to handle it. Absolutely. So. Is it scary being out there with you? I mean, you've got your dog, which is fabulous. But is it scary? I think we are scared of what we don't know a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's also all the things we have to deal with. Feedback from friends, the internet, the media, um, you know, bucking those societal expectations. Every time you run up against any of those walls, it kind of makes you like, wait a second, am I am I in the wrong here? Am I totally just like jumping, diving in the deep end? Am I going to screw this all up? And you, you know, you second guess and you kind of have a few fears. And I think some fears are healthy because they help you prepare. They help you get ready for what's ahead. But then as soon as you kind of come face to face with them, you either one realize that they weren't that scary at all um, or or if they are scary, then, you know, you've, you can handle it because you did all that planning. And I think, yeah, I had some fears when, especially my mom was like, what you're driving to Mexico with Penny, like deep into Mexico, you're going for six months. What about the news? And, and, you know, I kind of was like, well, I've already set my mind to it. You can't talk me out of it. I got ready. I prepared. I, I, I read all the forums and figured out all the ways to just be safe. And now that I'm here, I'm like, I feel totally at ease. And I think 
people are so kind and welcoming in Mexico and it's just a wonderful country and I'm I'm happy to be here and happy to like run into these challenges because they really make me sort of a more worldly person every time I um, kind of achieve and accomplish and, and grow from them. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And I think I think again, you know, a lot of us are are inhibited by what will people think or what are people saying around us, especially, you know, because it's hard to escape social media, um, you know. And then and then there's our family's opinions, which of course matter to us, but also at the same time they can't be the the decision makers in our lives. And and so I, I think it's wonderful that you've overcome that. Um, the reason I ask that about is it scary is because we think of these words as such bad things like must be avoided at all costs and actually learning to live with fear is a really key part of confidence you know because mm -hmm. fear fear shows itself in our body in the same way that excitement does because fear um is usually not as scary as as we expect it to be um and it causes barriers for us and it does it seems like you have no barriers i love that. <laughs> <laughs> well one I, I love that and the the fear and the excitement how it exhibits sort of the same reaction in your body and i and i, I love that i'm going to remember that but i think the the other thing that i always think about is if you're going to let fear the one one percent chance that something bad might happen keep you from the 99% chance that something amazing will happen. Oh my gosh, what an empty life. Like that's no way to live. And I, I, I try to remember that every day. I mean, obviously take precautions and, and be sensible, but there's so much world out there. And honestly, I like, I like to think that most people are good and kind they're not out to get you. And, and I'm not going to let any kind of fear keep me from, living the life that I want um, with, you know, of course, some a measure of sensibility attached. That's always important. Of course, of course. Otherwise it would, it would just be chaos. <laughs> um, speaking of chaos, I just want to acknowledge that I am looking after my son's dog who, if you, if you watch the vodcast regularly, you'll see Chase appear on the camera quite often. I have taken away six squeaky toys and there's still, I don't know where this one's come from. So apologies for the background noise especially if you're listening on audio um we're just going to be perfectly imperfect and carry on um so i i the reason i said i wanted to come back to karaoke is because nothing bad comes of karaoke oh no and yet it is one of my biggest fears really yeah it's really strange it's really strange i traveled a lot through asia and on business and and I, they would always put on a karaoke night um in between core states and and they're very um open with feedback um about how 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 the singing was oh really <laughs> they would say you should not sing that song and i oh, go gosh. okay you're lucky i tried <laughs> and it's it's really kind of and it's not because i'm so much worried about what other people think but it's it's a small thing that makes no sense. <clears throat> and there are so many things that we don't do that make no sense. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I'm an aerial dancer. So people say, oh, I'd love to do that. You know, I'd love to try pole dancing or silks, or, but I have to be strong. Well, that's how you get strong. 
Do you know, it's, like, it makes no sense. If we always waited till we were prepared, uh -huh. then it would be, you know, it, it, we'd never do it. Mm -hmm. So I, so, and I, I, I like that, that you're out traveling the world, you, you're living a minimalist lifestyle, you're on your own and, and you're enjoying it. And I'm going, yeah, but she does karaoke. Like, <laughs> 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 which is funny because it speaks to there's some work to do there around some of my beliefs and my, my programming there. How, how do you overcome your kind of, when you hit a something, when you go, Ooh, like there's a 1% chance let's say that that, that could be something scary. How do you overcome that in order to benefit from the 99% chance it's not going to happen? Well, I think it kind of goes back to, you have to kind of go back a little bit to that limiting belief. And I think that limiting belief is around like, oh, it's not the right time or something doesn't line up or there's this or that or whatever. And then I remind myself, there is no perfect timing. You will never feel 100% ready. You will never feel like you're totally prepared. You'll never feel like there's absolutely no chance something could go wrong. You will never have like that that 100%. But if you have that, if you have enough, if you have the majority, and you're like, just kind of go with it. It's not a perfect time. But you know, it's, it's the best. It's looking pretty good right now. You just have to trust because if you wait for the perfect time, it'll never, ever, ever come. No, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. So you have a website and socials. And so you're keeping in touch while you're on the road. Of course. Um, so, 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 how do people connect with you? Like, you know, obviously they can they can find you on socials, and we'll tell them about that. But do you work with clients while you're on the road? No, I actually I'm fully immersed in my blog, and I'm working on a memoir right now. And the memoir is sort of my whole journey from um, kind of dabbling in the minimalism from. Um, going to Europe, from changing my outlook completely on life, possessions, love, travel, um, sold my house. It'll go through my entire journey. And then obviously the the last year and a half being nomadic, traveling 24-7 and some heartbreaks and things like that along the way. But um, I'm, I'm writing the memoir. I'm working on the blog. I'm connecting with my uh, people on social media. So I'm just living on savings right now and I'm, I'm perfectly happy to do that. So do you move literally move each day or each, every few days around the area? You know, I, it kind of depends. I think I like to travel more slowly because I really like to kind of immerse myself in a place, but then I am constantly like at this dilemma with, Oh, but there's so many more places to see. So I've kind of been averaging like a few weeks in each place, um, but it really ranges from like five weeks to one week to just a couple days, depending on if it's a really small city. So um, it depends. <laughs> well, I mean, you're free to do that. You're you're absolutely free to do that, and I, yeah. I think I think that's that's so great that that it it really is a lesson in what time means or doesn't. You yeah. Know? It's based, a little bit based on, you know, how do I feel? Do I feel like I've seen enough here? Do I feel comfortable? Do I want to stay? And I'm very much the like, don't plan, just let serendipity happen, just kind of see how things play out. And there's been times where I've been in a place and been like, all right, I don't I'm not really jiving here. I think it's time for me to go. 
And uh, the on the other side of the spectrum, I oh, I planned, I booked a place for a week and a half, but I think I'm going to stay for five weeks. And and that's happened too. So it, it really just kind of depends on where I feel. I feel good. And I think that's really one of the best ways to travel. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Too many people make an itinerary and then they stick with their itinerary, which is, which is absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, um, and it, it, it is limited by time and you're limited by your plans and you're, and you're, you're not, you're not free to explore what you've discovered. So what is it like being a minimalist? It's freeing. (laughs) I'm looking at my room going, I would love for this all to disappear mostly. (laughs) I mean, I, I, someone used this, this word and I love it. It's overhead. Being a minimalist is cutting the overhead out of your life. And I had a three bedroom, two bath house in Phoenix, Arizona. Of course, every nook and cranny had stuff in it, every cabinet, every closet, and for one person with a dog, it was a little bit unnecessary. And not only that, but it was keeping me um, rooted in one place. It was keeping me with responsibilities, having to clean, having to maintain, having to um, you know, deal with all of that. And then plus it was just keeping me in, in a single place with a responsibility and a burden to always have to come back to. Whenever I would go on travels, whenever I would be out and adventuring, it was like, oh, I got this house. I got to like go back and pay the mortgage and pay the taxes and clean it up and all that stuff. And it just became kind of exhausting. And of course, you know, there's always an opportunity to become a landlord and rent it out. Then you have a whole set of other things to deal with. So I said, let me just offload. Let me liquidate everything inside. And boy, was it a lot of work. But when I drove away, when I drove away from Phoenix with just the things that I owned in my car and my dog, we were like, hey, this is it. I can pack up my whole life in less than an hour. And it just feels really, really good and really light. That's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. I, I, I've had the closest thing I would have to minimalist is. Um, because I've traveled so much for work, I just take what I, what I'm going to be wearing, mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe an extra outfit just in case, you know, zipper breaks or something. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And that's it. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, well, I've already worn that <laughs> tomorrow. So it's this one. And it's so easy. I know it removes a lot of decision-making and also like it helps us. It reminds us we don't really need a lot. And again, we were programmed, we were sucked into thinking you should have a clothes, you know, an article of clothing for every occasion, a piece of jewelry for every occasion, shoes for this and that. And your closet should be absolutely full and you need, you know, a dozen different kinds of jackets. And, and it was, I mean, for me, I was definitely a victim of that shopping craze. Uh, not everybody. A lot of people were able to avoid that. Not me. I got super sucked into that. And and boy, when you look at your closet, when you're trying to get rid of it and empty it, and then you just really are faced with the magnitude of all your decisions. And I thought, well, that could have been like a round the world cruise or a round the world flight. And here I have, um, you know, years and years of clothing that I've barely even touched and it, you, you just realize, like, what do I need to be happy? What do I need really in this life? And, and when you take kind of that lens, 
it, it just really helps kind of whittle down and helps you get rid of the unnecessary junk and weight. And I, it just, I'll tell you, it just feels so much better. I'm sure it does. I'm, I'm sure it does. My, my mother's generation were all about China. My grandmothers were all about, you know, the, the dinner plates and so on. And I was, I inherited five sets of China. <laughs> Right. And I was like, I don't even want one set. Like, what what will I do with this? And I couldn't even give it to charity shops because so many people had offloaded their their you know grandmother's China and whatever. And that generation saved to buy a gravy boat. You know, like it mm-hmm. meant something. But it wouldn't mean something to me. Yeah. I didn't I didn't say that. I got rid of all of my ornaments at that point because I didn't want to dust I hate dusting mm-hmm. I got rid of them all because I'm like there's no joy that these are bringing me and I and I hate it whenever I have to dust so I got mm-hmm. rid of I only have candles that's 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 my jam because I can burn them <laughs> <laughs> well the, and the interesting thing is too is that it wasn't even really about the gravy belt it was about status it was about what does that mean? What does that indicate? And every generation has their status symbol. And, you know, growing up, it was like, do you, are you able to have a new purse every season? Are you able to wear these designer clothes? Are you able to, um, you know, always show up looking fabulous? Or the car? Or, um, you know, are you upgrading your house every year, couple years? And And I think, like, those messages, when you break it down, it's not the house, it's not the car, it's not the articles of clothing um, or the piece of china. It is the status. And when you when you really kind of that's kind of an ugly thing when, when you break that down. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I fully agree with you. I think because I, I, I had to move house uh, when my husband passed away um, because he left us in a, a huge amount of debt. And so I had to I had to downgrade my house. And there was a huge thing about how am I going to survive in a kitchen this size? It wasn't about that. It was that I couldn't have people sitting in my kitchen. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was that. And, and I'm, I'm way over that, but I still have way too much stuff. So that's why I was asking <laughs> for the minimalist. Okay, Julie. So I want to talk a little bit about cabaret because we're on confidence through cabaret. And, and, and I, I mean it when I say that when I'm about to go on stage, I, there is fear right? There's fear of rejection. There's fear of falling over and in, in my nine inch heels, there's fear <laughs> of malfunctions. There's call, fear of everything. And I have to tell you, if I was ever a minimalist, my, my dancing heels are never going, they, they, <laughs> <laughs> they may, they, they're my power, <laughs> but, but that's not really true, but I'm going to come back to that. But I, I think, you know, there's lots of fears that happen and in your body it makes it more likely to happen if you focus on those things that could happen if i think about falling i will fall mm-hmm. so i choose to focus on the excitement in my body and that adrenaline and how much how much fun that is and how much more energy to put out to the audience that means if you were performing in cabaret be it singing dancing comedy um i don't know contortion aerial um, a variety of, of combination of, of things. What would you perform? Well, I think I would sing and dance. All right. That sounds fun. I mean, I, I sing obviously, and I have had some dance training. So I think cabaret would be super fun, um, super fun to add to my repertoire. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and ca- cabaret is you know typically is is a small venue with a small mm-hmm. audience 
So you can connect with your whole audience. It's very different to being in a large group. And so there's pros and cons to that because it is intimate, but you can see your audience as opposed to if you're in a big hall where a big theater and then you're, you know, you really can't see anybody, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of looking at the shapes of heads. So, so singing and dancing can be very intimate when you can see people, they're right close to you. Um, So any particular style, genre sort of song or? Well, I like Broadway. I mean, maybe some Broadway, maybe like Chicago. Is that kind of cabaret-like or something? Anything can be <laughs> anything. I mean, I mean that's, that's kind of, you know, what people would think of in terms of, you know, Liza Minnelli and cabaret, you know, that kind of thing. But Or Chicago or mm-hmm. um, I, I think, you know, it's, you can sing anything, literally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to a cabaret tonight. There'll be a variety of different weird and wonderful things some that people have written themselves some that are are covers of other people's you know it's a it's a complete mix um it's really more about the emotion and the message that you want to convey okay so you know obviously chicago has a very specific energy to it and an and a a message and so the song choice would be you know what resonates with you that you choose to put out there or you know, share with your audience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so go for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think my message in 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 written form, if in musical format, if social media, whatever, my message really is always to just tell people like, live the life that you want, live life by your design and not by default, and. I mean, let's put that to lyrics or something like that, you know, and then I can shimmy or whatever, <laughs> whatever we need to do to drive that home. But that would be that would be kind of my under art and, and don't care what people think. Yeah, I gosh, I spent so many years pleasing people, trying to worry about um, doing the right thing in their eyes, worrying about what they're going to think of me. And once you kind of stop maybe not totally caring about that because I don't know if you ever really can silence those voices, but once you shush them out, um, it's just so, it's just so freeing and, and obviously confidence building. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that, that you could put something, you could put your own style on it and it could have a Chicago or a, you know, or a, a cabaret kind of uh, feel to the rhythm that would be cool okay and you can take one prop on stage with you what would you take and why oh hmm <laughs> Look, I'll give you an idea some people have said I'm taking a mug because that's that's my kind of this is my I have this at work and that's where I feel really safe like almost as if this is going to protect me from an angry mob I don't know why but um you know other people have taken like a, a more traditional you know kind of stage prop on stage maybe like maybe something that I can want use as a brace but then also like a pointer or like put it on the ground to like spin around <laughs> whatever that's called something like that okay i'm trying to think what you're thinking of so it's a pointer so like a cane is that what you're yeah thinking? maybe yeah okay okay <laughs> i like that i like that because i also yeah i mean you could use just about anything for that you could use a chair for that you yeah know? You, you can you can spin a chair you can i mean chairs don't have to be upright a closed umbrella you know there you go just some something to kind of 
you know, do. <laughs> I love that. I love that because then you could kind of you could kind of tease it out and kind of sort of open it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's really fun. Do you have a color for that? I mean, I love red. Red is red is one of my colors. So. Beautiful. Okay. And one last question in relation to cabaret. So you're going to go on, you're going to do a song and dance. You're going to share your message that you want to put out there in your style with your maybe umbrella or, or something similar to that. And what is your stage name? You're going to the stage and they say, please welcome to the stage. Oh, <laughs> putting me on the, on the spot with all these creative questions. Um, I think actually I'll go with Julie DeVive. It's one, it, you know, it kind of ties in with the whole French cabaret theme and, and the joie de vivre. I mean, Julie DeVive is my website, but and the embodiment of the joie de vivre. I mean, that sort of sums up what we're our, what I'm after, what I'm promoting, what I, what I hope everybody chases in their life. So maybe I would, I would go with that. I love that. I love that so much. And the reason why I ask these is because you might not have consciously thought about this before. My dog has just taken over behind me. Um, and you might not have actually thought about these things before, but you still know it. And that stage name. So I talk a lot about imposter syndrome, for example, or your, your inner critic. And I always say, name it and talk to it. You know, same with fear. You know, what is it that you're trying to, to share with me? What is it that you're trying to warn me about and really trying to understand it? Or to be able to shush it, to be able to say, thank you very much, inner critic. I got <laughs> it. I'm good. I'm doing it. But thanks for the warning. I appreciate you trying to keep me safe. Well, the same with the stage name. So for me, the stage name is about uh, inner power, is about fierceness, is about taking up space and owning it unapologetically. And so when we tap into that energy, then we're unstoppable and our confidence is at its highest. And so I'd love to, to connect each of my guests with their stage name and that kind of that I've got this red and it's, a, you know, my umbrella and I'm going to do this, share this message and, <laughs> and I'm this persona because we can tap into that at any point. And I said, I would come back to you about heels. I used to be very powerful and fierce only when I wore very high heels. Hmm. And when I discovered that I didn't actually have to put them on to, to own that space and to be fierce and unapologetic, because I could tap into my stage persona, my stage name, mm -hmm. then, you know, and there are sometimes when I think, oh, I can't do this. And I think, no. And then, I, and then I talk to myself in that, in that context. So, you know, you would, you would be talking to yourself saying, no, you, you absolutely got this. <laughs> and that power gives you that excitement and that energy and that red umbrella that is unapologetic and in front of a stage of audience where you do not care what they're judging. I love that. Thank you. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that image. <laughs> I, I love that. And I, I you know, and I, I would say, you know, at any point, uh, you know, if, if you get into this, oh, then it's like, yeah, but Julie DeVive doesn't live like this. <laughs> she gets up and she does the thing. You know, I think the traveling, none of that phases me. I think when I need to remember, when I need to remember that, you know, Julie DeVive in a, in a red, um, holding a red umbrella. That is when 
you know, I get disappointed with in love, you know, with potential love interests. And it happens, you know, I'm I'm meeting a lot of people when I when I meet somebody that I think, oh, there could be potential, and then they they don't show up for me, they're not consistent or whatever else, they disappear, all of those things. You know, it always gets me down. And and people have people have so many things going on. I I don't, you know, pretend to think to know that what the reason why he's not into me or not available or whatever. But I I need to remember, and I need to remember more quickly, because <laughs> I eventually get there, but I need to remember more quickly the Julie DeVive strutting on stage with holding the red umbrella and just winning smile to all around and and remember that that strength and confidence um to go out and hey you know there's there's more than one there's more than one for all of us so he'll he'll find me eventually absolutely and julie devive doesn't put up with that shit (laughs) you said exactly what i was thinking (laughs) right but it's that it's that energy in us that we we all have times when we need that where we go hold on a second because i've got this other voice in me that is a badass goddess whatever you however you queen however you want to describe it <laughs> it's that and it's like no no i don't have to put up with that because this is me and it's their loss yeah. and it's not about being fake it's about remembering who we are mm-hmm. because people can so easily make a shrink yeah and 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 we we don't have to put up with that mm-hmm. So I love that you have her now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You've always had her, but now, but now you have a little bit more of a, a, an, an image around her. I can summon her, summon her at 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 will whenever I need her. She's there, absolutely. She's she is there as readily as our inner critic or our apologetic self or our all the other you know voices in our own heads. Mm-hmm. She's there. Mm-hmm. The thing is usually our stage name they're loud and big do you know so <laughs> it kind of puts everybody else like oh wow okay. <laughs> all right she's here <laughs> and it's not and you know if you're going on a stage and you'll know this from 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 doing you know some dance and, and singing you when you're going on a stage you can't be apologetic and kind of you know shrink no. and, because you don't connect with the audience yeah, go, it's kind of the go big or go home um, mentality, like, let them have it. And, and if it's not perfect, well, at least, at least you're energetic, at least you are captivating. And by the way, as someone who, who did perform um, vocally, they don't know if you mess up. They don't know if you say the wrong word. They don't realize that you meant to hold that note for this long and that note for that long. It matters and just going out there, having a great time and just like being present and and being powerful. Yes. And I I wish that for you for every part of your life. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Julie, where can people find you? So my website links to all my social, juliedevive.com. And that is spelled the French way. So J-U-L-I-E-D-E-V-I-V-R-E.com. And then Instagram is my, my primary channel. And that's Julie B. Rose, just my name. Beautiful, beautiful. So that's B for Bravo, not B as in the 
Buzzy Bee. <laughs> if you're listening to this on audio, you can't see that uh, that that's on the screen. Um, so Julie B. Rose, that's a beautiful name. Thank you. Thank you. So um, is there any last words or any, you know, kind of favorite message that you would want everybody to hear? Yeah, you know, I have a little bit of a mantra. And this is always connected with me. So I'll just share it. And it goes, you can make more money, but you can't make more time. And I, I say that to, to me and money, money's renewable, but your time is not. If you want to take a break, if you want to take some time off, if you want to do some traveling like me, if you want to be a nomad, if you want to pursue something different, don't let, don't let money be the reason because you can deal with that later. You can, you can figure that out later. You just, you won't get your time back. So I would um, encourage you to do that. And then also just say, I'm available. If anybody has any questions, if they have any thoughts, they want to connect with me further, I reach out. Um, I, I, I love hearing from, from all of you guys. I love that so much. I love that so much. Um, and I, I will make sure that that is in all of the contacts are in the show notes so that you can find Julie. Uh, if you can't find Julie, you can always reach out to Confidence Through Cabaret or Heather Jean. I'm on all of the socials as both. So you can, I will put you in touch. I deeply believe in collaboration and connecting people with what's right for you and what you need. So definitely do take Julie up on this offer. Julie, thank you so much for being a guest. I I have loved this conversation. It's so spontaneous and random and all, but, <laughs> but, it, but it has a very clear message. And I think, I, I think your, your mantra that you can't make more money, but you can, you can make more money, but you can't make more time is so central to that theme. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Well, thank you for having me, Heather Jean. This has been awesome. I, I've had a great time talking with you. I hope we can do it again sometime. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we can do maybe we can do some live in the community and uh, inspire some some confidence. There are there are a mix of people in in the Facebook community and on social on uh, in confidence through cabaret. There are those who are very confident that are doing lots of sharing. And then there are those who are hiding and it's them that I want to reach. It's them <laughs> that I want to go. Just take one step out of the shadow. One little step. Come to me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I would love to have a conversation in the future. Um, I, and, and I really mean it about collaboration. I, I, I so thoroughly, when your book comes out, we will do this again. <laughs> even when it's not out, even when you've just like written it. I mean, it, you know, just, because that takes, that takes a lot of confidence to put your story out there, oh, right? Man, it's a, I mean, it's so much work and it is therapeutic and it is scary for all my, you know, personal situations to be down on paper. But if, if you're not honest, who are you? So th that's what I, that's what I'm going for. And I, and I really hope people enjoy it when it comes out. Give me a while, but yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and, and when you're finished with your sabbatical, when you're back to your, your blogging and so on, then we can, you know, hook everybody up with, uh, with your latest works. Love that. Thank you so much. This has been so fun.
It's such a pleasure. Everybody listening, everybody watching, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, you will find me, as I say, as Heather Jean, J-E-A-N, uh, on all of the socials. You'll also find Confidence Through Cabaret on all of the socials. Just search Confidence Through Cabaret. There's about two pages now of Google. Uh, and if you search it, so you'll find the YouTube channel, you'll find the podcast, you'll find the member site, which has monthly masterclasses to uplift your confidence in personal work and stage life. You will find all of the social media. The only things that we are not social media as Confidence Through Cabaret is Twitter. We are at YBYWYS. And I am Heather at Heather, YBYWYS on Clubhouse as well. Those six little letters, just as a reminder, stand for it is your body and it is your world and it is your stage. Take up an, a space, own it. Thank you again. <laughs> Bye. Bye.